Oh, thank you. Am I doing the opening treatment now? I am, thanks. I just, there's so much happening today and it's just been nonstop, so I just had to ask where we were. Thank you. So, welcome. Anybody here for the first time? Yeah, yeah, right. Nice to have you here. Welcome. I am the spiritual director here. My name is Patrick Cameron and I'm blessed to be part of this community. So each week we sing a song. It's called In This Very Room. And some people like to stand and sing it with me. Some prefer to sit. Some prefer, some prefer not to sing at all. Amy, I know that you haven't sung this with me before, but if you'd like to. Uh, isn't she awesome, Amy Bishop? Man, I just love that woman. Woo! I asked her where, at the first service, so where are you been? She said, I had kids. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that's like, having kids. It does change your life, doesn't it? My brother just had his first baby. He's about 39, 40, or maybe he's a, I don't know. We're going to see him this week. And I said to him, uh, it'll change your life forever. And he doesn't know what that means yet, but it'll change his life forever. Anyway, and then we'll go into an affirmative prayer, is what we do. So if you'd like to stand up and let's, let's give our hearts to this idea. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every Spirit, one spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. So I invite you to say with me yes in this moment. Yes to what is seeking you and I. This divine impress that is seeking expression. We are the ones that decide what that expression will look like. We have been given dominion over choice. And so let us call forth the highest and the best ideas, the inspiration, the opportunities, the people, places, things, whatever it may be, however it shows up. Those are effects based on the depth and quality of our subjective consciousness. And so what I know in this moment is that each and every time we turn our attention to this idea that there's one God, there's one life. There is one power, and that life and power is perfect. And that life and power is mine in this moment. I am shifted and changed. However so slightly, each time I am born again in that knowing and in that opportunity. So I give thanks this day for the blessing of ears to hear the beautiful music. And a mind to process the beautiful lyrics. And to be inspired and touched by the words that are shared. And the ideas and the vibration of the Most High that we stand in in this moment for it is available all the time it's just a bit easier every Sunday to come together and remind ourselves of that truth for this I feel so blessed for the opportunity to be alive to be able to move upon this beautiful planet in freedom with the expectancy of great good that something powerful and wonderful is having its way by means of you and I and it is beautiful and wonderful and powerful for this I give thanks I release these words knowing everything necessary for every person here is already a complete idea in the mind of the one and we call it forth right now for this I give thanks and I invite you to say with me and so it is blessings thank you please be seated alrighty there it is 
I sat in line over there and was late coming back. I better grab my coffee. So <clears throat> we are going to invite some of our uh, teens up this morning because there was a, they, they, we, every year we put a lot of energy and time into making sure that these beautiful teens get a chance to go to teen camp. And this year they went to Southern California once again. We sent five or six advisors and uh, six advisors and 22, 20, 20 teens, which is the largest group there out of about 350 total. So, and that's, so those are some of the numbers, but I want them to get up and tell their story today because it's, it's powerful what we do here. Um, I mentioned at the first service, we're, we're so good as a culture of training our youth for war. And uh, it's, it seems odd to us to train our youth for, for love and acceptance and the, the spiritual practice of looking into one another's eyes and seeing the beloved there and being able to come together in that heartfelt space where, where uh, the, the experience of teen group, and I, I, I was there four years in a row, and uh, I was, that was my portfolio when I was on the International Centers for Spiritual Living Board of Directors. It was youth, and so I was there every summer. And it's an environment where youth that perhaps have never had the opportunity to have uh, be parented for a week because there's a, there's a, there's a, a man, or usually a, a male and a female that are the, the mom and dad of the families that we put these children, or these youth into. And uh, it's an opportunity for them to be supported unconditionally, to be seen and honored and celebrated. And it's a vibration and it's an exchange of ideas and information. So it is an immersion in what we do here uh, to, for an extended period of time. And it changes their lives. And so I want them to come up. I'm going to ask Reverend Catherine to bring uh, our... And, and Sandra Gibbs, one of our practitioners, also went this year. And I'm going to ask them to share their stories because it's quite powerful and wonderful. So thank you once again. Thanks for hanging out, guys, and being here for the second service. So it's my honor and privilege to be able to lead this fabulous group of teens. And um, just before we start and introduce get this introduced. I just would like to thank all of you and thank Reverend Patrick and the leadership of this center for all of the love and support and financial support that we receive that allows all of these kids to be able to flourish and remember who and what they are. So thank you to all of you. And I do want to, someone came up to me after the service and asked when we met, so I'm actually going to tell you, teen group does meet 6.30 on Sunday evenings, but we're not meeting for a couple of weeks, we're having our summer break, so we're having our kickoff night on September 13th, so if you're just new, come talk to us after, or come talk to any one of these teens, because we would love to have you join our group. I also would like to do a thank you to Reverend Connie Neeson, Vita Crawford, Sandra Gibbs, Heather Gibbs, sorry, Heather Daly, Matt Gibbs, and Alicia Cloutier-Parcels, who were our advisors that just shared their love, and it's quite a responsibility. They were the advisors that went with our youth to camp this year. So the theme this year was, let's get metaphysical. And, yes, it gets better. So let's get metaphysical. We do have today, I'm going to ask you to hold your applause until, until the end of that everyone else has spoken. I would like to introduce to you Sandra Gibbs, our first-time advisor, Lena Anderson, a first-time camper, Natasha Brumwell-Blessing, and David Gibbs, who will give you a male and female perspective on the favorite experience of camp this year, Empowerment Night, and Kevin Kraus, who is one of the co-directors who was elected by his peers last year at camp to be one of the two leaders of this year's camp. Please welcome our teens and advisors. Good morning. 
Uh, as was mentioned, 26 of us went to camp, and that was the largest Canadian group to go, and we were also the largest group there. So we were um, very happy about that. There were a number of opportunities for the kids to be involved um, at talent shows, at youth speaks, at the Hootenanny, and whenever there was one of those opportunities, a number of our Edmonton teens stepped up and did an awesome job, and we were very proud in the audience to watch them and um, represent us so well. Another um, opportunity the kids had was to do treatment, and whenever any of our kids were asked, they uh, were able to do so with great ease and grace, and again, um, showed the strength of our group. For myself personally, um, I have had three kids involved with youth group for the last 10 years, and um, every year that they would go to camp, they'd come home changed. And my oldest son, the first year he went, when he came home, we almost thought we'd brought the wrong child home from the airport. He was so moved from the experience. And I decided I wanted some of that. And so I uh, started helping out on Sunday nights as an advisor, and I did get to go to camp. Uh, when I was there, the, the minute we got there, the bus pulled up, and we were surrounded by all the other groups. And uh, just getting off the bus, it, it started with the oneness, the... Um, the love, the fellowship, the support, and no matter what you did all week in your family, in meals, walking, sitting, singing, it was just this united group of people. And being um, teens, I found it especially moving that that young of a group could be so powerful. I realized that when I was helping out at teen groups on Sunday nights, I was kind of stepping back because as you know, you have kids in the group, they don't want their mom there. And when I was at camp, I thought, you know what, this, it's okay to be like that. And so I've come home, I feel more empowered and um, ready to shine. Okay, so I was one of the people who went for the very first time. And I very distinctly remember the moment that we arrived at the camp. We were the last group to arrive, so the place was already filled with hundreds of people. And as we're getting off the bus and unloading our stuff, everyone is reuniting with each other. People are running up and hugging each other. They're going to places they haven't seen in a year. They're talking and talking and talking about the past 12 months, just catching up on each other's lives. Uh, the love was palpable. There were so many people reconnecting, and here I was standing with my stuff just like, I don't know this place. I've never been here before. And this teen comes up to me that never met before in my life until that moment, and he compliments a hat that I'm wearing, and he introduces himself as Patrick Atchison. And next thing I know, I'm being led around the entire camp, being introduced to so many people as Patrick's new best friend from Canada. Yay! <laughs> so, practically from the very moment that I got off the bus, I was starting to make connections with people, and those connections were lasting throughout the entire week. There was no problem making the newcomers feel at home on either the first or the second evening we received uh, friendship bracelets, which I still have. And yeah, it was just incredible how much I was connecting with people. I was looking deep into the eyes of people that I wouldn't look twice at in a regular situation. I was holding their hands, I was hugging them, I was singing to them, I was dancing for them, I was sharing my gifts with them, just as they were doing for me. 
And this level of love and unity and consciousness was present in every single person, whether you were 12 years old and you were at the camp for the very first time or whether you've been going for years and years and you're now 18 years old and the esteemed green dot. And I learned so much from that camp and it changed me and I loved every moment of it. And I would dearly love to go back, but unfortunately I am 18 and I was a green dot, so that was my last opportunity to go as a youth. But uh, I'm very grateful that my younger brother is going to go next year and he has more opportunities to go, so he'll get to meet the same people that I met and make the same connections that I did and feel the level of love and unity that I did. So uh, my advice to you is if you're a teen and you're considering this program and this camp or if you're a parent considering... Um, talking to your teen about this, my advice is absolutely 100% do it. You will not regret it. Empowerment night is when the males and the females split up and the women go empower themselves as women and the men go empower themselves as men. And this year, as a female, I walked into the dining hall that evening with over 100 females and discovered that we were making bread for the boys. And I was like... Awesome, this is sweet. I was so happy to be making bread for the boys. Can't even explain. So (laughs) I did overhear many girls complaining, saying how disgustingly typical it was. You know, like, woman, get to the kitchen. And, um, you know, that thought didn't occur to me at all. But later, when we brought the bread down to the boys, we all noticed that making bread for them was almost easy, almost lame compared to what they did for us and as as we as the boys collected our bread one by one we went around the corner of the building which was decorated with lights everywhere and they had hand washing stations for us and they washed their hands for us and you know an everyday simple thoughtless task became this beautiful touching moving experience And then they gave us these towels to dry our hands with, which we all now call our snot rags. (laughs) And so I'm bawling my eyes out already over how beautiful this is. And then I walked into the building. And as soon as I walked in, there was two rows of males standing there, bowing to us as we walked through them. And, you know, I felt like a princess. Every girl did. And the men were our princes. So when you got to the end of the line, a prince would take your arm and he would seat you in front of a plate of bread. Then the man leading the night, Carl Anthony, would ask us really deep questions and we had to break the bread if it was true for us or not. And once that was done, we all had a taste of the really yummy bread and all the girls got in a massive circle facing the center and the boys got in a circle in the middle facing us. And the boys sang for us and they danced for us. And I did not know it was possible to fall in love with over 100 boys at once, but (laughs) it really is. (laughs) And then we sang for them, and we danced for them, and it was so beautiful. And we praised each other as opposites and as equals. And looking at the opinions a lot of the girls had earlier that night, I noticed that most people see taking care of their men or their women is a chore, you know, as if... They have this set life that they must live, you know, like women go to the kitchen, man drive me here, women do the laundry, man fix the door, you know. And at the end of that night, I think we all notice that some people think they have a life to live and some people just live life. 
And I'm learning how to live life with every man and woman by my side as my opposite equal. Namaste. Okay, so on the male side, um, after the woman left us, we did get in a circle and we practiced our dance. And it was really a big thing for us. Carl Anthony really wanted us to focus on looking into all of their eyes and really honoring them as we danced around on being the inner circle. And so once we got that dance down, we all got together in a group and it was really empowering almost just to be in that little male group and being men as men. And because even after every time someone spoke, we'd all say ho, just as they used to do in tribes way back when. So we finished our dance and then we started to decorate. We set up lights, just Christmas lights, and we decorated the room and pulled out a trellis for the girls to walk through and we set up the evening so that we would take their bread, wash their hands, and then they would come through the trellis through the men as we each bowed namaste. And then we would escort them to a plate of bread on our plastic sheets on the floor that we considered our tables. And then Carl Anthony would ask us questions like if you've ever judged or been judged, break the bread. So it was so most people broke the bread, pretty much everybody. And it was really powerful to just see everybody break the bread and see how unified we all were. So uh, when we finished answering questions and everything, um, pretty much everyone was crying. Um, but the whole experience was really moving as the men, personally for me, to do something like that for the women and to really truly honor them for who they were, even in such a simple but sacred act as washing their hands, was really nice. And I think a lot of the guys enjoyed it, though I know some of them were nervous because at one point Carl Anthony said, any more questions? And when all the hands went up, he said, okay, no more questions. <laughs> so this year I was the honor of being the co-director, first from Canada. And I was running things. I had to, I was literally running every day to go see the next person I needed to talk to, to get the announcements I needed to relay to the youth, to talk to the speakers, get their biographies, to introduce them, doing, doing, doing all the time. And there was 300 people that wanted to make a deep connection with me while I was doing this. It was really difficult to spend time with every single person in the amount of time I wanted to spend with them. It's one day a quiet time, which is an hour each day. You get to reflect on the week so far and just be with yourself for a while. And then you can be with one or two other people. And I went and sat on a bench that this girl was laying on. And she had a full leg cast up to her hip. She walked like a pirate. And she was just laying there. And I just sat there as meditating. And then she sat up and we hugged. And we looked into each other's eyes. And we held each other's hands. And we put our, heart, our hands on each other's hearts. And we were just silent. And we just cried and cried and cried. And the next day, I wrote down on a card everything I saw in her eyes. And I gave it to her. And she cried again. I cried again. There was a lot of crying. <laughs> and then at Youth Speak, she went up and talked, spoke. 
She went up and spoke, and she said everything that I wrote on the card, the things about her life, who she was, who she wanted to be as a person, how she was living. It was everything I saw in her. I want to say that no matter how busy you are, no matter what you're doing, if you take the time to stop and make a deep connection, to look in someone's eyes, it will always be worth your while. Thank you. Please clap. Thank you, Reverend Kaplan. Thank you, teams. Awesome, awesome. Well, if you've, if you've been around here at all, you know I love to tell story because we remember story. And so there are five or six stories that we just heard about a difference that we make in the world. Uh, I'll just briefly, when I was um, a member of the board of directors for our organization and, and youth was my portfolio, I asked Ann Wheeler. Was Ann there this year? Okay. Ann is uh, the Yoda of our organization. She's about probably about three feet tall now, and uh, she's at least, she's at least a hundred, and uh, amazing woman, just a bubble of energy, and I asked Ann, I said, how did this all start? Because our, our movement was really about mental, being mental scientists, and we would affirm something and know something, and you know, magic, it should happen, and Ann said that what happened uh, for our, our movement, and our movement is fluid, our movement continues to evolve, but she said, you know, Back when the Vietnam War was at its height, these 18, 19 year olds would come back and there would be so much trauma, there would be so much stored discord that they were carrying with them, so much sorrow from what they'd seen and participated in or had afflicted to them. And she said, we knew we had to do something beyond just simply affirmative prayer because affirmative prayer is powerful. We are a, a movement that is based on this idea of affirming what we long to experience in our lives. And it's, then it's the journey of embodying and creating this space within us to, to allow that to be our experience. But Anne said that was, some of these people just needed to tell their stories. They needed to be immersed and marinated in unconditional love. And as a result, each year there's a, there's a planning that goes on that I used to fly down to as well. And they would talk, discuss what types of workshops. So a lot of it is very experiential and it's to crack the individual open to ask the question so when Kevin stands up here and says you know we started crying well it, it, it typically takes three or four days to get to that point so that it's not even about the conversation it's just about the recognition and and the hearts start to open and and, and that scares us as a culture because we, we you know it's, it's much easier for us to hate one another and, and articulate our, our resentments for one another but to stand in that that intimacy of relationship not confuse it with anything other than a spiritual experience is confusing for us. We just don't celebrate that in our society, I think, to the degree that we do. So when I talk about preparing for us for war, preparing our youth for love, uh, there's a huge difference. And so I just wanted to thank our teens, all the, all the energy that has gone into this group. Uh, it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference to this community, to their parents, to their families. There is a, a more interesting idea that's available for all of us. And, and, and for us to support that, it, it is a gift to us when they come back. So I just thank you all for your support and love in that process. So thank you very much. Thank you.